Hello, everyone. I'm back. I've recovered. I'm alive. My voice is back. I have a voice. Welcome to Hilo with Amrata. If you're a regular listener, you know that last week I could not speak. It was very sad, considering that I'm a, have a podcast. And for those of you who are just joining, welcome. Let me give you a little rundown of how we do the show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, there are new episodes of Hilo with Amrata. On Tuesdays, I do a feature-length interview with culturally relevant guests like La Roach, Julia Fox. On Thursdays, we do Amrata Asks, where I do a deep dive into something that's been on my mind just to pose a question, investigate it. And that is the episode you are listening to. It's a solo episode. Sometimes I bring in experts or play your voice notes. Also, something that maybe not all of you know, there is a subscription episode. It's my one of my favorite episodes because I get to hear from all of you. It's called Talk Back. I play your voice notes. We talk about different things that have come up in conversation with the guests or on the solo episodes and just kind of have a dialogue. So if you're interested in joining that community and that conversation, subscribe. You can use the free trial feature on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, please submit your voice notes to hilo.fm, or you can now use the hashtag Hilo with Amrata on social, and we'll be looking there to get more things from y'all. So let's get into the episode today. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more Hilo with Amrata. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I've had all these guests on the show, Lauren Gray, Ah Roach, but just in general, I think influencers, celebrities, we don't know them in real life. We see them online. We see them doing their thing. And we become really familiar with this virtual version of themselves. In my life, you know, it has been a part of my work is kind of building out this persona, this Emrata, these other Emilys. It's something I've written about and talked a decent amount. But now that I've become a mom, I think that there's a privacy to my relationship with Sly and a quietness that I really want to preserve and developing and changing relationship with the version of me that exists on the internet versus my real self and who I am to my best friends and who I am to those who love me and who I am as a mom. So today I just wanted to talk about the separation of these two identities and how we all really experience that, even if it's not tied to your job. This is a topic that's come up kind of a lot on the podcast, most recently with Law Roach, Zendaya's stylist. He spoke about the image we create and this kind of the idea that obviously for him, somebody who 
builds personas on the carpet that makes a lot of sense. But I think we all are doing this in the age of the internet and social media. It's not just celebrities and influencers who do this, right? We have a real life self versus a internet self. And it's not only just how we take pictures of ourself, it's also about what we show of our lives. Do you decide to post that picture of your latte? <laughs> Very millennial thing to do. But for real, I think that we've curated our existence as this kind of ideal self. And it exists online as a way for us to hold up a mirror, but it misses so much and it really can lead to a lot of I think distance between people because all we're seeing are these ideal selves being projected and not often connecting and to the real selves. And the question I'm asking is who are we really when we're online? Let's talk about the real self versus the ideal self. Social media is kind of like this prism or this funhouse mirror. It shows us this reflection of what is presented in front of it, but that image is completely distorted. It's like any picture. There's a frame, right? And there's all kinds of things that are happening out of outside of that frame. So, you know, this image is skewed just kind of acutely in a way that reflects an idealized version of ourselves in the way that we want the world to see us. And I think that's obviously where the disconnect begins, the space where our real self and our ideal self split. So there's this humanistic theorist, Carl Rogers. He's credited with the idea of self-concept, our thoughts and our feelings about ourselves. That just basically means a way to examine your idea of self-concept is to look at how you would answer the question, who am I? How would you describe yourself? If your response is mostly positive, then you tend to feel good about who you are and see yourself in the world as safe and see the world as a positive place. If your response is mainly negative, then you may feel unhappy with you are. Very basic. And I would say most people probably would try to sound positive about themselves and then you'd have to read into the negativity. Rogers divided the self into two categories, the ideal self and the real self. The ideal self is the person that you would like to be and the real self is who you actually are. Carl Rogers was around before the internet, mid-century. So this was just really an internal struggle he was talking about. Now, obviously, the ideal self and the real self is on display for the world constantly and what we put out of our ideal self. So let's talk about what the ideal self looks like. The bottom line is, obviously, our ideal selves, at least the versions we put online, don't resemble our real selves. And that I think most literally we can talk about the physical version that we put online. Forget when you even talk about filters and Facetune and anything else. Let's just talk about taking 10 images and choosing the one that you like the most of yourself. That is a perfect example of kind of being like, this is my ideal self. When in reality, whether or not you like it, the truth is, is that all of those pictures are a version of you, right? This reminded me of this essay I read a while ago. I know I talk about Gia Tolentino a lot, but this is, I would say, most viral essays um, because now the term is just used casually, Instagram face. She was the person who sort of 
coined that term. It was for The New Yorker back in December of 2019. It's called The Age of Instagram Face, How Social Media, Facetune, and Plastic Surgery Created a Single Cyborgian Look. She actually talks about my face in this, which like I didn't love because I think I'm unique looking. But I think what she was making a point about is that there's this sort of very specific beauty aesthetic that started on Instagram and online that has now come into our real life. And you see it now, like bad Botox face, basically, or Instagram face, like the lips are done a certain way, the cheekbones are done a certain way. And I think it's a really interesting meta example of when an ideal self that is virtual and is on the internet finds a way to come into your real life. So you're like always face toning this one thing on your face. And then you're like, how can I actually make it so this thing doesn't exist, not just in my virtual avatar self that exists online, but also in in my everyday life. So it's really interesting because she talks about how that has evolved. I've thought about this a lot in terms of lurking people online and how much we have a disconnect between their actual existence and their Instagram page. Even like when you date somebody, you stalk their TikTok, their Twitter, their Instagram, and it almost becomes like this version of them, this avatar, this idealized self that feels for me, it typically feels really incongruent with who the person is when they're actually in front of you. And I think now the more we connect to people virtually online, not just romantically, but even just with celebrities or TikTok stars who maybe you initially connect to them because you feel like you know them, the reality is, is that you don't. And when somebody comes into a room and when you sit down in front of them, it's a completely different person than this idealized self that we see online. So it's really interesting to me this kind of new way we have of meeting people or connecting to people and of building out our own identity, which is just a funhouse mirror, right? Like it's it's shards of our reality that we've collected to to build kind of a mosaic, stay with me on this metaphor, of self. And I think it can be kind of problematic. And I want to talk a little bit about that. How can we reconcile the real and the ideal? I think that Gen Z's done this really interesting thing of the photo dumps and casual Instagram and even TikTok where, you know, everything is supposed to feel off the cuff. Like you just turn your camera on and you took quick pictures and that there's no curation involved. The problem with that as somebody who came up in the hyper curation internet version is that it takes just as much fucking work. When I do a slide now, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is more work than taking two good pictures. Now I have to capture my shoes that I was wearing today, the meal I ate, this like sign I saw, um, a selfie that looks like I didn't try very hard or like a FaceTime screenshot. And just as much energy is going in to trying to convey a casual message. And I think with TikTok, you know, there's been this kind of like response to the perfect curation of influencer bullshit where, you know, the breakfast tables, everything is perfectly laid out and the sun is hitting in just the whatever way. Now it's like, okay, no, here's real life. And it's much more entertaining to watch, at least for me, because it doesn't feel like there's any tricks and mirrors. But the truth is, is that they still are happening because unfortunately, there's no way around it. It's a classic philosophical thing around photography or film, right? There's always things that are out of frame. So just by 
the nature of documenting something and deciding to publish it, you are distorting reality. There's just no way to avoid that. So how do we reconcile the real and the ideal if that's true? I mean, I think that on a philosophical level, going back to Carl Rogers' idea outside of the internet, pre-internet, of just how we think of ourselves as this idealized version and who we want to be versus who we are. We also talked about this on the Emrata Ass Attachment Theory, providing unconditional positive regard, conditional love. If you all haven't, I highly recommend watching Beef because Ali Wong's character has a moment where she really deals with the fact that her parents' love for her was conditional. And therefore, she felt like she could never just be who she was because who she was was unlovable and ugly, essentially. It's something that I think about with Sly a lot, like showing him that he doesn't have to perform a certain version of himself in order to receive my love. According to Rogers, as persons are accepted and prized, they tend to develop a more caring attitude toward themselves. So this is kind of stuff we already know. If you haven't figured out that unconditional love and acceptance is an important part, um, then you should read some therapy books. But uh, it's definitely very much plays into this. Basically, when people are raised in an environment of conditional positive regard in which worth and love are only given under certain conditions, then they feel like they have to match or achieve those conditions in order to receive the love or positive regard they yearn for. And then their ideal self is thereby determined by others based on those conditions, validation, and they're forced to develop outside of their own true actualizing tendency. This contributes to incongruence and a greater gap between the real self and the ideal self. Again, really recommend watching Beef because I think there's that's such a huge part of Ali Wong's character. She's always talking about this incredible life she leads that she can really have it all when Actually, she's like an incredibly angry person with all this rage. She doesn't know what to do and these impulses that she feels like she can't even communicate to the people who are closest to her. We all would like to have perfect self-esteem and feel 100% comfortable in who we are. No shit. And sometimes the way that we can do that is by taking the dozen versions of a picture of ourselves and slightly tweaking and scrutinizing those images or face tuning it or filtering it or changing the light so that it feels like we are that person or even just deciding to make a TikTok that feels like oh nobody cares about my getting ready with me but you know you're sharing a specific version of yourself always so talking about the restaurant you like these are all ways of kind of holding up a mirror to yourself and then pushing that idealized self into the world. And listen, there's nothing wrong with doing these things. It can be a way to boost your confidence. I talked about this recently on a different podcast where I was like, sometimes it really does feel good to just have people be like, yeah, you did that, or you look cool, or you look pretty, or whatever. And I think we've reached this point where we're really critical of validation because there are so many kind of toxic sides to it and it is so unreliable. The reality is, is yeah, sometimes we like to be praised and sometimes it can be feel really good and actually be helpful to, to how we see ourselves and our actual selves. After the break, I talk about self-esteem, which we all know is key to happiness in all regards, but you know, how it can really be central to bringing our real selves and our ideal selves closer together. And then I think more interestingly, how staying 
really true to ourselves and having an authentic online representation can lead to a greater sense of well-being and life satisfaction and really just how not having so much weight around that idealized self we put on online can be helpful to finding that balance between real self and idealized self. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Let's get into part two of this. I want to have a sense of reality about this. Like, we're not all going to have perfect self-esteem. We're not all going to, you know, not want validation. And the internet exists and the nature of distorting reality exists just in the action of documenting life, right? So how do we have more congruence, this ideal kind of combination of ideal self and actual self? It's not unrelated to what Gen Z has been trying to do and what we've sort of seen on social platforms in a general kind of trend, which is being authentic and being less thoughtful about how you curate your online image so that the real self has more weight than this ideal self that you're putting out online. You're just less interested in this curated identity and version of yourself. There's this 2020 study from Nature Communications. They studied 10,000 Facebook users. And basically what they found is everybody says social media is so bad for you. It is, but ultimately how bad social media is for you depends on how you're just doing generally. So Dr. K. Green writes, authenticity is key. Stay true to your real self. Instead of creating an inflated, unrealistic version of yourself, examine who you are and your best attributes. Determine what makes you unique, like what you genuinely like about yourself, and focus your intention on enhancing yourself. Ask yourself this question. Would you rather a thousand carbon copies or replicas of one authentic version of yourself? People like individuals who are relatable yet real. Do not be afraid to show who you really are. I think about how much we say now, like, oh, they're so real. Like, this person's so real. And for your, and it's kind of become cool and its own aesthetic to be really authentic online and be less careful about and curated about what you're posting aesthetically and otherwise. It's good for your mental health to just be incredibly real. I think that the part that I'm hoping people who are listening to this takeaway is that a lot of the times people who are working at being real are actually just falling into the same trap that we all know of the stereotypical influencers from five years ago or whatever, where it is still curated. But if you just stop caring so much about your online persona, then you might find that congruence. This is easier said than done, particularly now because so much of 
our livelihood is tied to who we are online. And obviously, a lot of the people that I have on the podcast and myself included, we've built images and brands based on on this like funhouse mirror and this kind of fragmented reality. And that's, that happens if you're an influencer or whatever else, even just any kind of public figure. But it also happens even if you're just trying to get a job, what you put on your LinkedIn, whatever, you know, is on your Twitter that could make or break a hire. So I think that it gets really tricky when in a capitalist society, so much of how we represent ourselves online is going to impact our life and our livelihood and the money we make and how we can grow and develop. So I think that's really tricky. Again, a theme in beef. Can you tell I like this show? Go watch it. I'm curious. It's very stressful. But I think what my kind of hodgepodge solution here is to try to just step away from that and separate your real self. For me, in some ways, I've used the livelihood aspect of it as a way to separate my online self versus my real self. So I don't care that the representation of me online isn't going to be congruent with who I am because it's impossible for it to be. And I just know that when I'm posting things, it's about, you know, continuing sort of this podcast or this persona that the world knows. And that really, you know, the person that I am with my son, with my close friends, that's something I'll just never be able to capture. And I wouldn't want to because it's just part of who I am. And I don't want to go through that experience of distorting the reality of my relationship with my child or anything else. So just giving up certain aspects and then identifying the aspects, delineating between like, okay, this is a moment where I'm curating something, I'm putting it out and realizing, okay, this isn't real life. Maybe that sounds really simple and basic, but um, I'm interested to hear all of your thoughts on this topic. Who are we really online? How do we find a balance between the idealized self and the actual self? I think there's a whole conversation to have also about physical self and camera angles, everything. It's like, even if you're somebody who doesn't use Facetune, you're still choosing the best picture of yourself. And maybe you're even altering yourself in real life with plastic surgery. Would love to hear people's thoughts on that. Is that a step towards actualizing and getting that kind of congruence between your ideal self and your real self? Or is that negative? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Go to hilo.fm and I'll see you all next week. Hilo with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment, Bitch Era Media, and Something Else production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Ratajkowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh.